0: Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. This is Paul. Welcome to the the season finale episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, while we talk about the very end of season one of Star Trek Discovery.
1: Ooh. Aaron? Yes, sir? As we wrap up this season of, of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly and Star Trek Discovery, I have a question for you.
0: Oh, a question. Will you take my hand? I will, sir. I will. You know I will. You know... Your enthusiasm, Rui. I
1: I wouldn't have offered it if I thought you would say yes. That's like one of those invites that you hope people don't take.
0: (laughs) I rescind the invitation. Thank you very much, sir. (laughs) Well, good to know you would. So, uh, you know, Paul, I don't know about you, but I watched it Sunday night. I actually watched
1: it Monday night.
0: So I was out of town Sunday because I had a a, – business meeting out of town first thing monday morning and as i am sitting at the uh, coffee shop in my first meeting of the day you know one of the guys who also traveled into the town is like hey when would you get in did you get in this morning but no no i came in last night and he goes you came in last night why didn't you tell me we could have had a chill hang he said and i'm thinking to myself i didn't tell you i was in town because i wanted to watch star trek discovery
1: <laughs> uh, also because you say things like Chill hang,
0: chill hang. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What the absolutely. hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. I just decided. I, I was like, "Oh man, sorry, my bad. I didn't think about it because I was busy watching Star Trek Discovery." <laughs> <laughs> so you were excited? Wa- you couldn't wait? I, was, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I don't usually get to watch it the night of because you know I got family things going on. But you know because I I fled family, you know, to the uh, to the welcoming arms of out of town. Uh, I was able to watch me some Star Trek Discovery, which was great because, you know, semi-naked people.
1: That's true. That's true. I mean, you know, when when nothing better to watch in, in your hotel room than naked green people.
0: That's right. That's right. I mean, you, you know, that that is the thing to watch. So, you know, I think that, you know, we talked last week about how the previous episode was just a bridge to the last episode and boy, it bridged into a, a a really a a lot of fun, I think in terms of a season finale. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to peak early, but I I do want to say I found it to be rather satisfying.
1: Well, I mean, I think I peaked early, so uh, (laughs) because of of the the semi-naked Orion's. (laughs) Well, I mean, in life, I think it's all been downhill since Ah. 18, but um, I, I will say I, I stand by my earlier comments in regards to this season of Star Trek Discovery in that the true season finale was two episodes ago with the end of the Klingon War. Um, I I genuinely feel as much as I enjoyed this season finale, uh, will you take my hand, um, that this and the previous episode... Would have worked better as a two-part season premiere for season two. Uh, I feel like the 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 the, the way that um, episode thirteen ended would have been a perfect season cap for what was genuinely the story of the season, and this would have been a good kickoff to what would hopefully become the storyline for season
0: two. You know, in uh, uh, literary terms. I would characterize episode 13 as the climax of the story and episodes 14 and 15 as the denouement, right? That yeah. you know we we were, you know, and oh by the way this happened kind of like the rape of the shire in Lord of the Rings, right? I mean, you know, you've you've had, you know, the the you, you you've beaten Sauron, you've beaten, you know, all, all the orc hordes back, you know, that the ring's been destroyed. Um, everybody happily ever after gets to head home and, you know, whoops, there's still some random orcs attacking the Shire, right? That's um, I, 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 how I kind of saw it. But nevertheless, just as I enjoyed it in the Lord of the Rings books, I also enjoyed it here. I, th- I thought uh, I found this episode to be very, very satisfying. And I found, you know, the fact that we found a solution that did not involve, you know, uh, murdering a planet also satisfying and found it to be very star trek. So, we start the episode where we left off on the last episode that that Mirror Giorgio is now captain of the USS Discovery and she's captain of the Discovery because she knows all the secrets about Kronos, right? The the Klingon homeworld and she can get Discovery there under spore drive to uh you know uh you know plant some drones and help uh uh you know, to fight back the defenses so that they can stress the Empire enough to call back their forces and perhaps unite the Empire so that you don't have all this picking apart at the Federation by all these various houses. But that was never Georgiou's plan or Starfleet's plan because they were all in on it together. Instead of, you know, uh, challenging the Klingons, they were in fact going to destroy the Klingon homeworld. And, you know, it's one of those things... That I hate, where we find out that the Starfleet's up to no good. Um, I think that's you know that that's arguable because it is a time of war and you know destroying your enemy is uh, is a okay, particularly when your enemy is out uh, to commit genocide against you and everyone you know. Um, but uh, you know it's not very Starfleet to just wipe out an entire civilization.
1: Yeah, it's not very. Um it's not as far as the starfleet we've known it's certainly not right. within
0: the the confines of what we've been familiar with right but uh, and and that's where you know we we kind of come full circle from um, you know uh, the vulcan hello where michael burnham you know is like no this isn't the right course this is not who we are this is not what we do starfleet's better than this there's a better solution And, you know, her solution is to free Laurel and give her the keys to the, uh, to the big, you know, explodey bomb that will allow her to unite the, the the houses of the Klingons and pull them back and, you know, behave in a more, let's go ahead and use the word civilized manner, uh, in terms of galactic politics. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I have to kind of forgive some of the brevity of that storytelling, right?
1: Yeah. It, it was all resolved for, yeah. for as big of a of a story thread as it was and is in the canon of Star Trek. It was all resolved very fast.
0: Right. Absolutely. But I'm kind of glad. Um You know, I think we'd kind of been on a journey, and really I didn't want to spend much more time with the Klingons than we had. Yeah. In fact, I got to tell you, I was (laughs) pleasantly relieved that when we beamed down to Kronos, we beamed down to a town that doesn't look anything like a Klingon town because it's the little town they've leased to the Orions. I was much happier seeing those, the, the Orion people, than the Klingon people. Yeah. You know, because I can't stand the Klingon makeup. And, and you know, when they put Laurel back in her costume at the, uh, you know, back into her, her Klingon uniform where she looks like something off of a, a playing card. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she just looks ridiculous in that get up. And the whole time I'm, I'm like, Ash, you're into that? That's your that's your thing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, we, we get this this nice scene where Laurel is, you know, scaring the Klingons into line. Ash decides to stay behind. Right. That he is going to, uh, you know, be there with the good people of, of of a Klingon and help Laurel usher them into this new age. This just sounds silly to me.
1: <laughs> I um, I feel like that was not the right choice for the character. Uh, I, f- right. I, I felt like there was a redemption arc in in the human aspect of him rather than to take the, the course back to Klingon. Because the Klingons yeah. are still bad, you know, bad, bad beings, at least as portrayed right. in the series. Like, you know, they, they may have stopped the war, but they, they ate the original Georgiou, like, with no right. remorse. There's still no remorse for it. You know, none of them are remorseful for the horrible things that they've done to the humans. They're just remorseful for separating the houses.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, we we discover, you know, uh, back in the Mirror Universe that the, the Terrans eat Kelpians, you know. And their ganglia are a delicacy. We find out in this episode that the Orions eat the gormaganders, you know, the space whales. Uh, you know, I just think everybody eats everybody. I think that's yeah. what it all comes down to. We
1: also found out that Clint Howard somehow um, still gets <laughs> roles on television shows.
0: Well, and you know that's that's a callback to the very first broadcast episode of the original series, uh, the Corbomite maneuver. He played uh, uh, the alien that they that they visit in the ship, and he's the one who says he offers them a glass, a, a drink of something. And he says it's Tron, it is called Tronya, and I hope you relish it as much as I. <laughs>
1: <laughs> look at that yeah well I I, 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 it was much fun I to see him in the episode um yes it was that was a fun well, sequence you know, with with tilly getting high
0: wait what's hysterical about clint howard is he was a little boy when he played that back in the corbin might maneuver yeah. and he has ever been as recognizable now as he was then i mean there is no mistaking that that's clint howard right uh, and I just, he's got that face that there is, you know, he, that is who that guy is. He stands out like a sore thumb wherever he is, because that, that fucking Clint Howard, everything I've ever yeah. seen him in, you call him up, that's fucking Clint Howard.
1: Yeah. That's how it, yeah. that's what it says in the credits.
0: Yeah. Fucking Clint Howard. Fucking that's Clint exactly Howard. right. Exactly right.
1: So, but, uh, just, uh, a, you know, so brief summary of the episode. I, I, we, I think we buried the lead here, which is that, you know, after, you know, that well, I, you, you described how Giorgio, in conjunction with Starfleet, was going to plant a bomb in the Klingon homeworld. Ultimately, it's resolved via conversation, not via conflict. Right. Um, Lorel, Which has, is very Star Trek. Very Star Trek. It's uh, very you know, Star Trek. We did Trek. not get a big space battle, or quite frankly, did we get, I don't know that we got any action, really, in this episode. Um, no. You know, as, as least con, com, well, comparatively well. to the Mirror
0: Universe stuff. Well, there was some action. Georgiou got some with the Orions.
1: Yeah, Georgiou got some with a male <laughs> and female Orion. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, you know, after the Laurel thing, uh, you know, to your point about it being full circle, uh, Michael Burnham is expunged of her mutineer. Um Record and re- and inst- fully instated as a science officer, lead science officer, as commander,
0: as commander, commander, yeah,
1: on uh, yeah. on the discovery,
0: which is interesting. So you've got you know Saru there as commander, you've got Michael Burnham there as commander, and I wonder if you know Saru will retain his his role as XO on the ship, and Michael Burnham will just become the science officer.
1: Well, that was an interesting uh aspect at the end right they so um at the end of the episode after all of them have been commandeered and michael burnham gives a a rather terrible speech inspirational speech where she says such nuggets as the only way to defeat fear is to say no um (laughs) i was like what
0: what but um well, did you get? Did you find yourself wondering what was the circumstance that she was giving this speech? Yeah, it seemed like of all people,
1: I, I'm aware that she did some great things, but you know, like, you, you know, you were just a you're a criminal with an expunged record doesn't really give
0: you the right would to have, make a speech. I would have felt better if that speech had been her log, right? Yeah. But, you know, she's standing there and everyone's, you know, everyone's standing there listening to her and nodding. Yes, the words she's saying are very important. And I know I'm bagging on this, right? But, you know, I enjoyed the show, but the whole time I'm like, I don't understand under what circumstance. I mean, are they like, okay, we've decided that you're not as terrible a person as we thought you were. So we're going to go ahead and say you're not convicted of this crime forever and always that resulted in the death of the Prime Universe, Giorgio. You can be a commander again in Starfleet. And then do you think she just you know, walks up and takes the mic? I got something I, maybe to
1: say. that's what happened. I have got a couple words <laughs> and, to say.
0: And everyone, and all that nodding is just people feeling awkward, like, you know, when can we go home? Isn't there a buffet? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like is there, some, is there is, shouldn't we? I've got this medal, you know. Sh- can't, can't I just go do something? You know, poor poor Tilly, cadet Tilly, you know, gets promoted to ensign. And, you know, does she get a chance to say a word or two? No, no, because Michael Barnum hogged the mic.
1: Yeah. They I mean, played they needed, the music, they, they played her off.
0: They needed to play her off the stage. That's exactly what they needed to do. So we find out that Discovery's getting a new captain. And, hey, you know where you get new captains? You get those new captains on Vulcan. Yeah. So, you know, so- you, you 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 hop on the Discovery and, hey, Sarek needs a ride. So he'll come along. And as you're riding to Vulcan, you get a distress call, Paul. A priority one distress call. What? Yeah, a priority one distress call from none other than you're, you're punching in the – we, we're getting the registry. It's NCC-1701, Paul. It's the Enterprise under the command of Christopher Pike, Captain Christopher Pike.
1: Oh, I feel like oh, they should have just let that go to voicemail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to talk to that guy. Yeah, oh, uh, Captain Pike.
0: So the show ends with the two ships nose to nose, USS Discovery, USS Enterprise – and, you know, smash smash to credits, and you've got the original uh, series theme playing us out through credits. Yes, and so we're a pretty exciting ending. Um, you know, Michael
1: Burnham and Sarek are on the bridge together, and they give each other this knowing look because at this point, Spock is is already on the Enterprise uh, under the uh, command of Christopher Pike. Not Christopher
0: Pike. Yeah, Christopher. Yeah, Pike. Christopher Pike. And you know, Spock's like a lieutenant at this time. Yeah, and uh, you know. What, one of the things that I thought was weird is, you know, Amanda, Spock's mom, Michael Burnham's adopted mother, um, rendezvous there with her in Paris during the, you know, uh, debrief, et cetera, and decides to stay back in Paris. But Sarek's going to Vulcan. I didn't quite understand the purpose of bringing a man, trotting Amanda out for that scene. Yeah to just then leave her behind.
1: I thought that was odd as well. Um, it seemed like it was unusual to have her in there to begin with. Right, uh-huh. it, it seemed unnecessary uh, to begin with. But then to have her stay, and I think it's possibly because um, of whatever is going to happen in the next episode, You know, I, I'm sure it, it's reading some interviews that I think you know the the showrunners have like oh no we don't we wouldn't even know how to recast spock after nimoy and kinto i read that yeah and i'm like and well, I, but what does that mean like are you going to just well, cast kinto or are you just not going to have spock well,
0: what would i seem was what i feel is ridiculous about that because they have recast uh the spock role previously and yeah zachary quinto wasn't the worst thing but he also wasn't the best thing right yeah. i mean he's he's Fine, and I know a lot of folks are like, "Oh, Zachary Quinto, he's 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 the shit," you know. I don't think so. I mean, I, I, there's a lot about his performance that I don't care for. There's a lot about his performance that just isn't Spock, or at least isn't the Spock that we know from the original series. Um, and that's okay. That's what the Kelvin universe is. The Kelvin universe sort of takes the original series and turns it on its ear. I don't have a problem with them recasting Spock. I would hope they'd do a better job this time. I also don't have a problem with them recasting Christopher Pike and you know Christopher Pike's uh, executive officer number one, uh, who we learn in the novels first name is Una, uh, Commander Una. Yeah. But uh, you know I, I don't have a problem with any of that. To be perfectly honest, I just I, I think that it's strange to be a little precious about the Spock character when Leonard Nimoy is dead. Uh, when you have already re- uh, recast that role and uh, Leonard Nimoy kind of blessed that casting. I don't think I don't think Nimoy would have a problem with it as long as you did it well.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I feel like I don't know if that's just talk because I feel like you're damned if you do or damned if you don't. Right. I, I feel like in this such in this scenario, you have set up a situation by which you have to feature S- Spock, and if you don't feature Spock, then your fans are going to feel a great disservice. Sure, like a Spock in his room refusing to come out because at this point he's still estranged from Sarek, um, right. you know, in 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 canon. So. You know, is he just like not going to come out of his room? Are they going to just use voice? Like, I feel like it would be unusual because conflicting with that, the showrunners have also said they are really interested in further exploring the adventures and and um character of Christopher Pike. So apparently mm-hmm. we'll be seeing more of Christopher Pike in the upcoming season, maybe not just in the first episode. I don't know. You know, obviously it's all still hush hush. And all still being written, um, but I don't see how you can have one without the other. At least at this yeah. point in the timeline, right? We're we're still a number of years before uh, Captain Kirk has taken over the Enterprise. Yeah, so. I mean,
0: you know, you you look at uh, about a year has transpired. I'm guessing since the first episode of Discovery and the season end, right? Yeah,
1: I'm reading. I read about eighteen months.
0: Yeah. So that me and the the original, the the first episode was 10 years before the first adventure of of, uh, Captain Kirk. Mm -hmm. So uh, you've still got many years left with Captain Pike because – Kirk took over the Enterprise right after Pike and Pike, who we see in the menagerie as disabled. You know, he's, you know, horribly burned from, I think, theta rays or something uh, while on a uh, training mission with you know, a bunch of cadets. Because at that time, he's fleet captain of Starfleet. Um, that happened after Kirk takes command, because the first thing I started thinking is, ooh, I wonder if the emergency is, is Pike is injured. Right. But the timing's not right. If you're going to stick anything close to canon, Pike is able bodied all the way up, up until Kirk takes over the the, the Enterprise. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, it's, it's a it's a it's a I'm trying to figure out what it is they're, they're going to do there. But, you know, I do hope that we get the adventures of Captain Pike and it does make you make me kind of think like, wouldn't it have been cool if they'd just done that?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, there is that. Prequel. Like if if you're, yeah. if you were going to go down this this path anyway, if you were going to have to recast some of these characters, why not just why not just go with that? It would have been quite frankly, it would have been easier to fit into canon um than this spore drive mirror universe. Everything, you know, it, it I it's the same issue and not to bring up a, our, our the other franchise, but it's kind of the same issue I have with Star Wars comics from Marvel. Um, Right now, Uh, and one of the reasons I stopped reading it is because um, in one of the earlier issues of the series, uh, Luke is confronted by Boba Fett, but Luke is blinded, so he doesn't realize that's who he's fighting at the time, so that later on in canon, uh, you know, he can meet him for the first time in Return of the Jedi, and I just find stuff like that ridiculous. So in, yeah. you know, when it's like we can't tell anyone that the existence of this mirror universe, even though we just spent four episodes there, I find ra- that stuff rather ridiculous. Actually, more than four episodes. Um, I well no, about four episodes. I just find that yeah. stuff a, a little silly. Whereas I feel like you know, if they had just stuck with a Christopher Pike scenario, and I'm being hard. Um, but ultimately, I enjoyed this episode. Quite a bit. I enjoyed the resolution of the storyline, though I felt it was rushed. And quite frankly, um, despite the fact that we started this season feeling that we didn't enjoy Discovery, I think it has been a great ride. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, uh, uneven. Absolutely no, no. uneven. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you were looking at this as um, one of the a bell curve, mm-hmm. this is this is the t- the the exact bell curve. And somewhere around episode nine, you have that spike. And somewhere around episode, at the end of episode thirteen, it starts coming back down, um, and I, I, you know, I feel that the episodes nine through thirteen were just fantastic.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. The what I find, what I find notable about this series, they did fifteen episodes, whereas you know uh, the original series. You know, had like 24, 26 episodes its first season, uh, and it was their, – their, their first season was solid. I mean, you know, the, the Star Trek doesn't get any better than that first season of, of the original series. Um, compare it to the first season of TNG or the first season of Deep Space Nine, the first season of Voyager, the first season of Enterprise. It's a better show than all of those 15 Fair. episodes. You know, and, and I mean the production. I, there's a whole lot I don't like in the first half of this of this season, uh, and I I'm gonna go back and rewatch it this summer. That's that's I'm 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 gonna let it you know rest for a little bit, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna binge it and see if my uh, my uh, thoughts around the the first half of the this the season improve. I don't think they will, but I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, but I, I truly believe that you know this this first season of the show beats the hell out of the first season of any of those other shows other than the original series
1: yeah i think that's so, uh, i think that's a fair assessment you know i still have a, a warm spot in my heart for the uh the series premiere of enterprise um but i think in general this is uh, uh overall from a first season standpoint probably one of the, the strongest if not you know yeah yeah at least one of the strongest yeah um it, it, it honestly i would i would say it was it was damn good it really yeah. was and i i enjoyed Absolutely. it i enjoyed talking about it i enjoyed um growing with to know these characters and enjoying them um you know it, it's as much as and i've mentioned this before as much as folks say and i fight the concept of just give it time when it comes to a tv series when it comes to a right. tv series i don't have time you get me in the first episode or the first two episodes, or I'm out. Like I'm not gonna give yeah. you your show six to nine hours of my life before I start liking it. Um, but I, I did with this, and I, I, I find that um, I appreciated the journey. Uh, I while there were while it would be easy to say that they w- were always building up to this, I do feel like the early episodes they were finding their footing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it was always easy. I don't think well, this was, I don't think this went off without a hitch. Uh, I don't either. To get well, to and I point. think,
0: I think some of what we see as problematic in the first couple of episodes has a lot to do with the fact that the change of leadership on the, sh- in, you know, in the, uh, you know, producer staff, right. That, yeah. you know, with Brian Fuller leaving, you know, you had kind of his Bible and then a change on direction. Um, I, I think that, you know, who who was captaining the ship behind the scenes had a lot to do with how the captaining of the ship occurred on the screen. Um, I, I, I think that I think that played a big part in it. And I think that it wasn't until the the uh, production staff sort of solidified that we actually saw, wow, you know, they, they can really do something here. Yeah. Um, you know, Paul, I, 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 I come back to, you know. Who's going to be the new captain of that? And I, and I can't help thinking that, that, you know, number one, uh, you know, the first officer for Captain Christopher Pike, Commander Una, if you will. I can't I keep coming back to is it going to be her? You know,
1: I, I remember a while back when they started talking about the show. I don't recall if it was a rumor or if it was hinted at or something, but I vaguely remember there being some commentary about her being involved in this show and i don't yeah. know if i don't remember if that was saying that she would be involved in the show because she was number 1 or if this show would instead just focus on a female number 1 but um which it it has right i mean yeah. michael burnham was well she wasn't though she wasn't even the number yeah. 1 so nope. perhaps perhaps we will see that happen uh in in season 2 perhaps right. that's what we're leading up into i'm i'm very curious to find out will she be the captain it seems a little unusual because They're not on Vulcan yet, right? Um, And that's where they were headed. Uh, I I think there's a lot, a lot to look forward to, and a lot to, um, to, to pontificate as we wait for season two. Uh, So I'm assuming we're just not going to talk for until 2019.
0: 2019 that seems an awfully long time for us to wait for the next season
1: well we waited an awfully long time for this season too
0: <laughs> that's true that's true yeah i saw that today that it was gonna be 2019 and i'm like are you effing kidding me i think that's a mistake
1: um i, I think, think it is too i think they i think it to is figure out a way to get some episodes out later this year um i feel I... like there's no game of thrones this year there's no stranger things this year and no star trek discovery uh i feel like this fall is just going to be a big fat load of nothing well
0: what in the world are you going to do to keep people subscribing to CBS All Access?
1: I have no I mean, idea. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm questioning, holding on to my subscription myself. I will say, I started watching. I watched the first episode of SEAL Team. Uh huh. Any um, good? And uh, With you know.
0: <laughs>
1: I like the first episode. I'm going to give it another episode. If it's good, I'll go ahead and binge watch the rest of it. If it's not, I'm canceling my subscription because I don't have to probably renew it for another nine months.
0: That's that's right. 50 bucks. <laughs> that's right. No, and that's my thing is, I mean, what in the hell are they going to hold people on with? Uh, that's just crazy. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And I don't understand why, you know, the the streaming services, the cable networks, etc. don't lock in. I mean, they knew – early on that they were going to go to a second season i don't understand why they they've allowed that to to be as as delayed as it is but
1: um, yeah i'm, I'm I, it's a concern and they haven't here's the thing they haven't even announced anything that would keep right. anyone interested in cbs all access right so that's obviously a concern yeah um, i
0: mean the, the good fight starts soon but i mean not a whole lot of people i think you know uh, subscribing to cbs all access for that so yeah yikes well you know paul you asked the question you know i guess we go dark between now and 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 uh season 2 episode 1 of uh star trek discovery in in, in the year of our lord 2019 um but no we uh we have other things to talk about paul what well, i didn't uh, sign up for that yeah you did yeah you did look at the Ferengi print paul the uh. Ferengi.
1: I don't read Um, Ferengi. You know that.
0: (laughs) Um, We are going to uh, do some rewatches of other Star Trek shows. And so we thought we would start with uh, those Star Trek shows that inspired the Mirror Universe story here in Discovery. So on our next episode, we're going to be uh, rewatching the season two episode of Star Trek Mirror Mirror in which uh, Kirk and his landing party mysteriously and surprisingly appear in an alternate universe where officers advance through the ranks by assassinating their superiors. Very exciting. But yeah, we're going to watch Mirror Mirror, we're going to watch The Tholian Web, and then we will watch the uh, two Enterprise episodes in which they uh, venture to the Mirror Universe. And then, uh, before Discovery starts back up, we're going to watch Menagerie, Parts 1 and 2, so we can get to know uh, Captain Christopher Pike and Number 1 all over again. And then we may also uh, watch a few other of the Mirror Universe episodes from uh, Deep Space 9, so... Lots to keep us talking about. Of course, you're always going to be able to get the news here. We'll talk about comics, the whole bit. So uh, stay tuned for more fun and excitement with Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. And if you've got comments about the upcoming episodes, particularly we're going to talk about Mirror Mirror next time, give us a call. Talk to us. Tell us your thoughts about Mirror Mirror and the previous season of Star Trek Discovery at 972-763-5903. That number once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the air, you'll win a coveted, valuable, Ideology of Madness surprise. Paul.
1: Yes. Well, in addition to that, you can find us on Twitter at ideology madness on Instagram, at IOMGeek, on Facebook, IOMGeek, or pop us an email at ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. Reach out in any one of those fashions um, to get in touch with us, as well as please help us out by sharing this episode and any previous episodes with your friends, your Star Trek-loving friends. Leave us a
0: five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or recommend us on Overcast, or do whatever one does on Stitcher. Do all those things. Yeah, do all that stuff. N- send nude photos as well. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by... Try Scallion Trays. No Troublesome Tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade.